to the Lydia Project, Conversations with Christian Women. This is episode 25. Kathy and her husband Dave have spent a lot of time mentoring trainee ministers and thinking about how to support ministry families so that they can stick at ministry for the long term and continue growing in their relationships with God over their whole lives. They've embarked this year on a new ministry venture called Church to Church in association with Creek Road Prezi in Brisbane. This ministry exists to support ministers in almost every aspect of their ministry, from the mundane production of pamphlets to the deeply personal crises that ministers may face, and many other things in between. In many ways, this ministry is a really common sense approach, but there are also some fairly radical ideas in there as well. Kathy and I caught up in a shopping centre, and I promise never to do that again. There's the usual background noise. Some crying babies at points, but don't worry, they're not yours. And towards the end of the interview, you can tell that the supermarket has opened because you can hear the groceries being blipped through the barcode scanners. Look, I don't think you're going to have trouble ignoring all those noises, though, because when Kathy starts talking about the things she's passionate about, you can't help but be enthused as well. Catch you next time. Well, Kathy, it's lovely to have you on the Lydia Project. Can I start by asking how you came to know Jesus? I remember being part of the church from very early days. But I would say that what I remember is learning things about God and going to Sunday school and having a... It was more like a history lesson about who Jesus was and learning facts about him. And when I look back, I think I thought I was a Christian, but until I really understood what Jesus had done in dying for me that I, and I wanted to follow him, that I understood that was all head knowledge and what I had to realise was that he wanted my heart. And that was about a whole life change. So it's been a journey of unpacking, I guess, what, what I realised Jesus had done then, but what he wants of my life. And so that's been uh, a process of getting to know him and love him and understand the of what he's done for me. Yeah, so thinking about the things that God has used to grow me, which is really interesting to reflect on because it's a combination of relationships. So people and primary person would be Dave, my husband, not just what I've learned under his teaching in, in our parish, but... Um, what I've learnt from him as a person and his relationship with God that we've shared together. I really am thankful to God for the church that we both grew up in because not just the people that introduced us to Jesus but who grew us. So we had a wonderful youth group at Epping Prezies and we were taught the Bible, we studied the Bible, we had wonderful community. I had five years at Macquarie Uni with the EU there and that was fantastic as well. And I've had a couple of years of doing study at different times. In more recent years I've been doing Timothy Partnership which is an online theological study and I've also found that really challenging and I would recommend that for anybody that that wants to uh, learn more about biblical theology and Bible and history as well. Who's that through? So that's through PY in New South Wales. Yeah. So yeah. PY's Presbyterian Youth? Presbyterian Youth. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good on and you. They, Just yeah. using that use broadly. Oh, yeah. The other thing which we've got in 
myself in the last 10 years is the pastoral retreat groups in New South Wales, which the Presbyterian Church in New South Wales has been encouraging for the last probably 20 years. I've been part of that for the last probably 12. So that is groups of Presbyterian ministers' wives getting together once a year, not for just support, although that is part of the spring off. The purpose of them is to renew our relationship with the Lord by time out with God, um, but in the context of women who are doing the same sort of things as you. So there's just this underlying knowledge of one another's lives because we're all ministers' wives and that's fantastic. We understand where we're coming from, sharing stories and encouraging one another to see how God is working through the things of our lives to, to grow us. I, I want to talk about the way that God uses uh, difficult circumstances in our lives to grow us and I think that's been something in the last 10 years I've certainly struggled with but now am convinced that that is the way that he gets our attention because I don't know about uh, um, other people but I guess I need that in order for him to draw attention to things in my life that he wants to work on and areas he wants to grow. And so over the years we've we've had you know, loneliness in, in parish when we first went to the country. We've had conflict in parish when we first church planted. And yeah, we've had things in our family that have been difficult for us to deal with. And all of those have been huge growing experiences, which at this stage in my life, I can say that I'm thankful for, even though they have not been much fun during the process. And a really significant uh, chapter God continues to use to speak to me has been Philippians 3. And I love, I was just spending time with some women at church at Abbotsford reading the Bible and we were working through Philippians I guess about 10 years ago now but we were going through some difficult things in our marriage and when we got to chapter 3 and Paul talks about all the things that he could boast about in his life but that he ends up by saying that whatever were gains to me I now consider loss for the sake of Christ and what is more I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and it struck me that yeah I've read those verses but they suddenly made sense to me in a way they hadn't before because I realized that that's what I believe in my head but I wasn't living that I wasn't I really didn't live like Jesus was enough and I think if Paul can say that in, with all of what he had to be proud of and boast of. And yet, for him, it was all about knowing Christ and being in relationship with him was sufficient to meet all my needs. And that's just been a huge challenge, which I've been trying to put into practice. Yeah. So what does that look like when you're actually in the suffering, not looking back on it? <laughs> yeah. What does it look like to cling to Christ and value the worth of knowing him? Yeah. It's about identity, and I think we all have mixed 
you know, motives for doing things. But the challenge of saying my identity is rooted in the person I am, saved by Jesus, it has to come out of that, not out of whether I am a successful lawyer, which I wasn't, whether we are successful in parish, which that's up to God to judge, whether I am um, a good daughter or a good mother. I can't get my identity from that. It has to be who I am in Jesus. And to know that he loves me, even though he knows me to the root of my sinful motivation, he also loves me. And I find that so hopeful. Um, it's hopeful because he loves me and he has his spirit in me and he's changing me. And I guess that's the wonderful thing I think about being a Christian is that we have God's spirit to change powerful things in us that otherwise we might just feel stuck in. Mm. Yeah, and I felt stuck for a long time in some of that. But I've actually witnessed God's power in my life, I think, to change hard stuff, and I find that very hopeful, yeah. Mm. Mm. And it's not until some of that stuff that we're putting our identity in gets taken away exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that yeah. we feel it's lost yeah. too keenly yeah. and realise that that's what, that's what our identity was a little bit too attached yeah. to. Yeah. Or... And I think Keller's book, um, Counterfeit Gods, I found very challenging. Mm. And as he points out, it's it's good things like you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. um, I really find my children are very important to me. Loving them well and encouraging them um, now that they're adults is very important to me. But I think it was ruling me, and, and it was demanding of them in a way that was not helpful. And I had to learn about that the hard way. Mm. Thank you for sharing all that. I appreciate it. So, Cathy, you're now in Brisbane yes. and you're embarking on a new ministry, Church to Church. Mm-hmm. So, I have a million questions about it, but I guess firstly, how did it come about that you and Dave came here to work in this ministry? How did that happen? When, I, when we reflect on that, we see God's hand in that and yeah, very thankful for this opportunity. So. We've been in pastoral ministry in New South Wales for about 33 years in the country and then church planting in the city since 1990. And we had fantastic life through those years. We were so thankful for our friends that we've met through pastoral ministry and for yeah, the opportunities we had in planting churches. Amazing and growing a church in central Sydney and then the last 10 years our wonderful friends at Abbotsford so that was a amalgamation of our church plant in central Sydney and older depleted congregation in the inner west of Sydney in Abbotsford and that was just a wonderful experience of bringing those two groups together and feeling loved by a group of older people there and we haven't really had that generation in our church planting experience Uh, so that was wonderful anyway I think over a couple of months in 2016 Dave and I both were thinking that we've loved this but we felt like there were things that Abbotsford needed that we didn't have the energy anymore to do and that our interests and passions for ministry were leading us 
into other places. And Dave had been doing some mentoring over the last couple of years of Presbyterian ministers in New South Wales, just as uh, an aside. Uh, I had been working with the New South Wales Presbyterian consultancy team for the last 13 years or so, and been loving that sort of work. So that's so what is that? So that has come out of again John Mark Ministries model from the Baptist Church, where people are trained to go in to churches who invite them in pairs and triplets to work with them on particular issues that they might have. So there is a whole range of different consultancies, but we mainly go into healthy churches to help them with a welcoming ministry or setting up activities to help integration of families into their churches from the community. So they set the objectives of our consultancies themselves, and we help them by visiting, by doing focus groups and interviewing people, running congregational meetings, so that they're teaching and also brainstorming those sorts of things and then helping to implement those. So that's been something that's grown over the years in New South Wales and the idea is that congregations reach out for help, not from experts, but from facilitators that are external to them, that can set up the necessary opportunities for people in a congregation to nut out themselves, actually, the solutions to the things they want to tackle. Yeah, that's been very exciting. I've liked that. I think my brain works well, so I like strategy. I like meeting people, and I guess that leads to the question of why we're here. Over the years, we've had a string of students. We love working with theological students and their families. We love meeting them, we love caring for them, we love helping them find the path that God has for them into ministry. And we've loved uh, walking alongside of them as well. Is that mainly as student ministers? Yes, yes, yes. So we've had, well, we, we always have had student ministers and because of where we've been, in Sydney since we came back in 1990. We've been, you know, in the middle of Sydney, so close to Moore College, close to SMBC, close to Christ College. So it's been convenient for the students as well to be part of our church. But because Dave takes that seriously, I think that people have sought him out as well because he's always had a serious commitment to training student ministers, giving them opportunities to lead and to try their hand at things, but because we also care about their lives, we've been wanting to talk about family and marriage and sharing our lives with them as well. We love that and um, as Dave continued to enjoy mentoring and I've been doing consultancy, we talked about what, where we might go. So he's just turned 60 and um, we have in mind what we want to do in the next stage, but we had these five years where we thought, well, you know, how can we use this passion for encouraging people into ministry and also helping them to find the skills and get through the stuck bits and continue, because that's the big thing. We lose so many great guys because 
some small mistake or something they're just not skilled in, they don't have the support, and really where where they are backed up and can talk through things, they can get through it. And that is far better, I think, for us in the long term to try and keep guys in ministry and help them through the stuck bits and enable them to persevere for the long term, which is where God's doing great work, you know, in people's lives. And they can bring their expertise and their challenges and the things they've learnt into their parish situation. That's a passion for us. Anyway, so... Steve Cree, who is a friend of ours and Dave has known since Steve, before Steve went into ministry, when we were still students at Roseville Presbyterian Church. Steve was just at uni. So we chat about these things with him and I think when our last child was talking about leaving home in 2016 after she had full-time employment and it was time for her to fly the coop, fly the coop. <laughs> we realised that we were free to do something outside Sydney. And so once Steve heard that, yeah, we were open to actually moving to Queensland. We started talking about what a ministry might look like. So Creek Road um, has had, for the several years now, been sharing resources through uh, online their online presence and uh, with churches around Australia and that's been about the extent of which they've been able to grow that partnership it's been mainly through sharing not just their kids church stuff but their sermon series and what they call their series companions which is growth group material and that's quite um, it's quite a deliberate strategy isn't it to free up ministers to not have to prepare the sermon, prepare the kids' church, sort out the church finances and, and run a funeral and also try and think evangelism. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. So, so the resources, um, so time in the week, really. Yeah, well, that's the strategy that yeah. we uh, are selling it with. Yeah. I mean, the resources on their own came out of a wonderful team at Creek Road who were, who were writing wonderful resources. Yeah. And, you know, want to share them. Mm. And... If you, which I just think is fantastic to want to do that. And everybody's looking for um, resources. And when you start with Kids Church, that's one thing. But when we were sharing with other churches and our uh, growth group material, you know, you write that. Why does everybody have to reinvent um, growth group material on Philippians, you know? some stage down the line you're going to do a Bible study series on Philippians and if someone's already done it for you and to a high standard then why would you feel the need to reinvent that so that starts thinking and together with that our own experience coming out of college Steve's experience which he's written about going to Southern Cross from college and all of these things of what, that we're learning about what it means to be in ministry, how do we grow churches, how do we connect with people in our community, all of that. The idea of sharing resources does make sense so that you can make the most of your time um, in parish doing whatever it is that you want to focus on. So we talk about an introduction to church-to-church resources is through series in a box. 
that's what we call using a program. Say, for example, I think the most well-known would be Bible in 10. So that is a Bible overview. It's, it's a 10-week sermon series. And the Kids' Church material is the Campbell's, King of Saint Nicholas stuff. And so you have everything from kids' material, youth material, Bible study material, the, the daily devotional stuff, and all of the talks, outlines of talks and whatever. So we say to people, if you want to work on growing a welcome ministry, for example, you could use a series of blocks for a term, and you are reworking those talks for your own congregation, but you have there the outlines of talks, you have talk structure, but of course people are going to put their own imprint on that. It's going to be their talk, but they have, it's like what we would use, what we've been using for 30 years, the um, SRE material connect, you know, from the Anglican. Somehow it feels different with sermons so. though. Yes. Okay. Doesn't it? So it's a really big question our partner churches are fully integrated in our sermon series, right? So those churches are part of developing the resources, right? And I think this is a really important thing. So, you know, like it's not a question we haven't heard before. It's a big question, I think, that clergy are asking about the team preaching that is going on at Creek Road and the partner churches. And I think it's a really important issue to address, especially in light of the amount of plagiarism that's going on in in the area of theological writing. And I think ministers are really, and rightly so, anxious of not plagiarising, but still there's another factor in there. And I think there is this sense of it should be mine from the beginning to the end without anyone else helping but that is not actually the way it is in practice we rely on the things we hear online podcasts that we listen to we rely on the commentaries that we read we rely on the mates that we ring and talk to right and sermons we've heard sermons we've heard and paul dave would strongly argue comes out of um a, a practice of sharing his, what he writes, seems to be in a, a circle of people that he worked things out with and he certainly worked with and that he shared in his letters. Now, it's not off the top of his head. He's writing out of a context of what people who have been with Jesus and shared with him his experience of meeting Jesus and then what the apostles have worked out as they've struggled over, you know, what does it mean, you know, that ends up in his writing, okay? So why do we somehow feel, is it pride? Is it just this sense of, it must be my work? But what's really important to explain is that our partner churches, so this week um, is a planning week for the term four series. And there are, I don't know how many guys are in that room at the moment, probably about 22. That is a lot. Yeah, and so not just guys. So under the um, Creek Rose umbrella, or do you have some partnership churches yeah, from outside? Yeah, so we have, obviously, our staff team are there. Two guys from Adelaide, so uh, 
Uh, Dave O'Gunning and uh, Damien Carson are there representing Adelaide Presbyterian Church. There are, uh, there's a guy from the partner church in Sydney and the, our other partner church in Queensland would normally be there, but he's not going to do that sermon series. And so then there are uh, uh, women also in that, some in that room who are contributing in all sorts of other ministries. So they are all grappling with the term for series, which is actually quite difficult because it is going to be an apologetic series. And so it's not uh, working through a, a book of the Bible, it's actually working on apologetic questions and grappling with what are the questions people are asking and how do we answer those from God's word but that connects with them culturally, you know? So this is going on for three days. They will come away with the uh, basic big ideas for each point. So they'll come away with big ideas for kids, youth, young adults, adults, sermon series, metaphors, they'll come away with ideas on graphics, um, they'll come away with songs and a um, take-home ideas. So that, that, that everyone is speaking into that. And that is just, I think, the best to have all these people thinking about the same issue, contributing it from their own experience, their own reading, their own connection with culture, and what is bad about that? That is fantastic. So that is then worked up to, to talks that on a week-by-week basis are presented to the partner churches, critiqued by the partner churches. Then the partner churches take them away and make them their own. So we are talking about a six-month process of big groups moving to smaller groups, moving to um, individual church teams, moving to individual preachers who will finally preach that talk. Yeah, so that's how the team preaching work. So if, if a minister wanted to tap into one of those series, they might not necessarily have been part of that process, that's right. but they get to make it, obviously they can do what they want with it, but they can make those sermons their own. Yes, yeah. own so account. series in a box, you are using past series and you obviously they are developed and you would not be part of the development of them. So it's only the churches that sign up for full partnership that then are part of that development process. Yeah, yeah, and they're the only ones that are preaching in sync with us at Creek Road and our campuses, yeah. Very so, interesting. But going back to what you asked me before I started yeah. talking about uh, team, team preaching, and, and that's really a big question that people have for us and I think we want to take that head on yeah, and talk about the realities of what it means to be in, in this current era to be trying to um, lead a church that is growing and is healthy and that is very different now from even what it was when we left theological college you know, 35 years ago, right? So people are looking to, you know, read some stuff. Obviously, Canoeing the Mountains is the book that we are working through at the moment and that we've found really helpful to challenge us about the different culture that we are doing church in now. And Todd Bolsinger is the author. 
but we can't keep doing the things that we have done in the past because we are not living in the same culture anymore. The sooner we get our heads around that, the better. We have to be creative about how we do ministry. So what we're saying to guys is, let us help you with resources so that you can work on that. Let us help you with resources so that you can be taking your time to be growing your relationship with God because that is the key to you having a sustainable ministry that is effective for for Jesus in your particular community. If you don't have that, you know, you're not going to survive no matter what skills you've got, whatever help you've got, you are not going to survive. So we want to support the resources with mentoring and with church consultancy. So we are passionate about um, healthy ministers who have healthy marriages, healthy families, and who have the skills then to invest in healthy churches. So we are we are keen about all of that. So it's not just resources, it's resources with support, which we think is the key to being able to grow in the skill sets you're going to need, you know, be creative about what you're going to need to grow your churches, but it is embedded in godly character that you are working on before the Lord and taking time to to grow in in that with some help from someone who's just there to be the sounding board for you and guide you through that. So that in a nutshell, that's a big nut, isn't it? That yeah. is a very is, good um, explanation. What we want Church to Church to be. We're very excited about it. Mm. Now, we also are aware that, you know, New South Wales and no offence anybody, but New South Wales is further along the track with this sort of thinking. So we've had the consultancy team for many years. We've had mentoring seems to be more acceptable in New South Wales. You know, a lot of guys are mentoring. I feel there is a bit of resistance. And we had it in New South Wales, same as we had with resistance to consultancy. You only ask for help when you're really in trouble. Why? No, why? Why not ask for help when things are going well so you can be working on the next thing? Why not ask for mentoring because you personally want to grow and be challenged, you know? So we have to get over that. Again, it's about pride. I think we don't ask for help because we're, we're, we're admitting we can't do it or we haven't got what it takes. And, you know, don't judge one another, the people that are asking for help either. You know, to me, that's courageous. And it's just, I mean, when you talk about it like that, I just think the minister's job, among many other things, is largely to pastor his flock, but who's pastoring him? It just makes sense that there would be somebody just looking out. Yeah. And there are huge, if you do that seriously, there are huge challenges, you know, bringing people to faith, growing people in faith, growing leadership, as well as caring for your older people who are people dying. Then along there, you've got you've got the deaths, you've got the marriage breakdowns, and, that, and that's just your, your people in your church, no, like your own issues. You know, it's huge, and people expect guys to be able to, to do everything. You know, and um, college can train you to do so much, but there is heaps to learn once you hit the ground. And so we want to be providing support for. for men and their wives to be able to do this well. Our website has just been updated. We now have 
some free resources. So the ones on baptism and communication are up there. And the next are coming for um, marriages and funerals. Those sorts of resources. If you are new in your parish and you are working out what's my policy on marriage, what's my, on, on marrying people, <laughs> yes. you're not a married, marrying people. Um, so the the first one was just on baptism because there's you know a, a, a template for the card you give to the person at a baptismal you know all those things who wants to reinvent that the form that you fill out when people are applying for baptism um, and we are alongside all of those have a ministry paper where it gives you a resource that you can sit down and go through with people about what it means to be bring your baby for baptism. So those are on our website now and we're going to continue to grow those free resources for anyone that wants to hop on there. We are redoing all our ministry papers and we have that as a project. As we do them, they'll be up on the net, on the website for anybody who wants to download them. So they're all free resources which I would encourage people to hop on the Church to Church website. And it's church... Numeral two church. That's right. Dot yes. org. Okay. It sounds like you're very much involved in the strategy and the consulting and the ministry papers. When it comes to mentoring, is that something you do as a team with Dave, or is that more sort of an individual thing that uh, you would maybe have more involvement with the ministers' wives or with women in ministry, or how does yeah, that Yeah. So sort at of the work? moment. Yes, most of my clients are women who are wives of um, Presbyterian ministers. I am also mentoring um, women who are working in New South Wales that that aren't married to clergy, but just looking for mentoring. Yes. Yep. Excellent. So our goal is to work with them individually, but then also as a couple, having some couple time with them mm. working on what they want to focus on and are you seeing like it's it's interesting because in my generation of friends who are um, in ministry or married to people in ministry um, it feels like they are doing such valuable work but are often the only women in their group of friends who aren't in paid work mm. Um, and it would be ridiculous for them to be because they've got so much great work to do within their congregations. But um, are you finding that's a generational thing that then women younger than my generation are more likely to be working outside of church? And has a... I'm finding the whole spectrum. I feel like people are working out how they want to do it as a couple. And so you have the full range of people working full-time who consider their husbands have a job that they're not really much, they're Christians and they come to church and they go to a growth group, but that might be it, right through to women who are getting their hands dirty in the parish. And I don't make judgments about that because... I think it's about them as a couple and that woman before God working out what she feels she wants to be in that role. So I'm really keen to pursue that 
and talk to women about that. I have always worked part-time when we lived in Sydney and uh, that paid for music lessons and sport camps and all those sorts of things for our children. So I understand that. Yeah, I'm not unrealistic about that. So I want to talk to women about um, where's work in your life? Um, is, it, is it for money or is it for identity? What are you passionate about? What do you want to bring to this role? Um, what are you fearful about? And yeah, work through that because there's a whole different, whole lot of different ways that people can do that role well under God. Now, most of the people that listen to this podcast are probably members of congregations as opposed to full-time ministry, leading the congregations. Based on what you know about all the challenges that ministers and their wives and women in ministry face, what would you say are some helpful perspectives to have towards their ministry in terms of encouraging them or understanding what it's like for them? Yeah, that's a really good question. Get to know your minister and their family. They are people who love the Lord and feel called into this role, but they are people. So just sharing life, sharing your relationship with God, with your minister and their wife. It's hard when you put your heart and soul into a sermon and nobody wants to talk to you about it after church. You know, what is that? You know, we'll talk at growth group and, I mean, yeah, share at growth group, that's fine, but share your relationship with God with your minister and encourage them by telling them what you're learning. You know, what, what are you learning from their teaching? What are you learning from God's word? Um, what are you praying for them? Or ask, what, what can I pray for you? I would be also um, for people who are in leadership in churches, I think, trying to understand um, where your minister is up to in his own um, professional development, okay? I mean, if you're in the corporate world, that is a big thing, professional development. Are you asking your minister, you know, well, how are you going through your professional development? What are the things you need skilling in? How can we do that? How can we support you? We want them to be healthy. We want them, you know, to persevere. You know, people are staying much longer now in, in churches. That's a good thing, that we're not moving on every five years, seven years, with our own problems, just to take them up in somewhere else, you know, hopefully hide them for another seven years. We want people to stay and address things and um, stay and have real relationships with, with their congregation and with their communities. Yeah, so talk to them about that. Thank you. That's such a helpful answer. Really appreciate that. Now, I normally ask people about their passions and what's big for them. I think we've just heard it all, which is so great. I love hearing people talk about what they're enthusiastic about, and I've loved hearing you talk about your passion for mentoring and the health of ministers and just eagerly desiring that they be flourishing in their relationship with God. I think that's, that's fantastic. So I'll skip to my last question which is how do you keep your relationship with God strong and what's encouraging you at the moment to stick at it as a Christian? Yeah, I'm really enjoying 
reading the Bible, using Explore, which is a um, good book company publication. I think that's really high quality, really challenging, and works well for me. I've taken up the, you know, Praying Life talks about his prayer cards. I've taken that up again, using them seriously. They're working well. But, you know, I think there's a sense um, what underlies that with whatever, all the change that's gone on for us and, you know, thinking about our life now, everything is different. There's not one thing that is the same as what it was last year. We are away from our children and away from our families for the first time. You know, we've been in Sydney since uh, 1990 with all our family around us, so that's different. But our day-to-day life is so different. And so everything is different. But there's a sense that even though it doesn't look like how we thought it would, we feel God has a job for us to do. And, And I think if you are living in a space where you are confident that God wants you, then he will give you what you need for the day-to-day challenges. And I think I'm living that out at the moment. So it's about, it is different from what we thought it was going to be. No matter how much you prepare and uh, think you know what you're coming to, it's not, and, and but that's fine. That's fine. You just have to work through the challenges of that. But we have a real sense that God, in the last 20 years, has actually been perfectly preparing us for this job. We can see that, and other people say that to us as well. And we really appreciate that when other people can see that we have gifts that we can bring to this job, and. If he has us there, here, then he will give us what we need. And that is my day-to-day confidence in that is really reassuring. Taffy, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for talking with me on The Lydia Project. Pleasure.